Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the Steelers Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Steelers Wire editor, Kurt Popejoy. Welcome to the show, post-mortem edition of the Steelers Wire podcast, Kurt. Big Ben's attempt at reverse psychology last week in his press conference, it didn't exactly work, did it? He said the Steelers didn't have a chance, and that reverse psychology uh, tactic, it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out he was right. <laughs> yeah, turns. unfortunately. How are you feeling about this team heading into the offseason now? It's it's one of the most important ones I can remember because we're looking for a new starting quarterback now. You know, it was it was a pretty heavy moment to, to know that, you know, that was Ben's last game. Honestly, I think in terms of emotions, I think probably the Cleveland game at home was probably hit a little harder um, in front of the home crowd, you know, that sort of thing. But... You know, this I, I'm I'm kind of relieved. Like I, like I said before, I I feel like this season has been just just so laborious. It's just been the Steelers have just had to lug through this season, and they did it with the you know the shadow of Ben going to retire over half of it. And I know that fans wanted to see him do better in the playoffs. I wanted to see him do better in the playoffs, but I think we all knew realistically just getting in was a was was pretty much the the moral victory they were going to get because yeah. th- th- they just didn't have the talent of of the top three or four teams in the AFC um so you know I'm I'm a little bit relieved it, it's going to feel kind of good to to be able to to cover the team during this kind of transition I've never I you know never covered the team during a huge changeover like this I mean we're talking about you know, a head co- or I mean, a, a starting quarterback and a general manager. Um, you know, these are going to be big changes coming up, and and honestly, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm I'm really kind of kind of at peace with how the season ended. Um, I think when you go in with such low expectations into the playoffs like that, um, it was a little easier to sort of absorb that loss and 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 kind of be ready for it. But yeah, I'm I'm anxious to see you know what what the the Steelers' next move is. I think that the, you know you look at a guy like Mike Tomlin who's so you know has divided the fan base basically. You know you have half of the fan base who's wanted him fired for the last ten years, and you have the other half of the fan base who thinks that he should never be fired as long as he can win eight or nine games a year. Um, now he's going to have to really show something because. He's losing his quarterback that he inherited, and he's losing his general manager that's built these teams. And so, um, I am I am very anxious to see how the the saga of of Mike Tomlin plays out over this offseason. That's an interesting topic too, and and I think the fans who want him fired are going to be disappointed because I don't think Mike Tomlin's going anywhere, Kurt. He's not going anywhere. No, no, no not at all. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I liked what you said about 
uh, you know, kind of this season. I think it, you know, we've reached the end of a legendary career for Ben Roethlisberger. There's no, no question about that. And that's, that's where our focus should be. But, you know, part of me, Kurt, if I'm being honest, is just glad we don't have to watch this version of the Steelers offense anymore. You know, yeah. it's, it's just, I've, I've said it before. It's like, it's like they're army crawling up and down the field. It's just so, uh. it's just such a tractor pull. It's so hard to watch sometimes. I mean, Big Ben's average yards per completions against the, uh, the Chiefs there under five. The Steelers' yeah. average yards per play was 3.9 yards in that game. It was yeah. just really hard. And the Steelers even got a defensive touchdown, Kurt. So they led 7 nothing. They still lose this one by 21 points. And, you know, you know me. I'm a Patriots fan. I live out here in, uh, in New Hampshire. And, you know, I thought the Steelers-Chiefs game was a lot like the Patriots-Bills uh, game, where the, the Patriots just got completely outclassed by the Bills because – the Bills had too much speed. They were running circles around the Patriots, um, you know, all day long. And, you know, the Steelers, they got a bunch of linebackers who are like 220 to 240 pounds. They're supposed to have these linebackers that can go sideline to sideline. But, you know, you were tweeting and talking about it. It's like you know, they, they're just not fast enough to cover these Chiefs players, right? The Chiefs had, no. would you predict, like four or five guys that are faster than anyone the Steelers had on oh, defense? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you look, you go down the line. You know, the Jarek McKinnon and Tyreek Hill and Pringle. And, you know, you can just make a list of guys that there's not a player on the Steelers defense that can run with these guys. And it's it, it, it's so, you know, it, it's hard to watch sometimes. Um, the Steelers defense doesn't know if they want to be a big kind of thumper style defense. Um, and then you see them get pushed around up front because they don't have enough big guys up there. But then they can't play finesse football either. They can't chase. They can't, you know, they, they, there's no closing speed. The, the best cornerback maybe in the, in the secondary, the second half of the season, was Akilah Witherspoon, who ended up leading the team in interceptions and only played about eight games. Um, he's slow as can be. I mean, he, he can't run with anybody. You know, his, his interceptions come off his ability to kind of break on the football and know what's going on, but – they can't catch anybody. I posted the question on, on Twitter um, while I was actually watching a Cardinals game a couple of weeks back, and Buda Baker was just chasing down everybody. He's like running down running backs from the other side of the, the formation. And I just posted, and I said, is there anybody on the Steelers' defense with the closing speed of him? And there were people trying to tell me that Terrell Edmonds had the same closing speed. And I think what they've done is they've looked up like 40 times on Google <laughs> yeah. and just think that argue. these guys, you know, you know, that these guys have are, are just as fast on the field, but they don't have that guy. They don't have that guy on defense. They don't have that guy on offense. And when you have a big bruising running back and you're trying to run him wide where he can't, you know, he's not quick enough. He's not elusive enough. You've got wide receivers like Claypool and even Juju who aren't going to get any separation deep. You got Deontay Johnson who can get some separation, but he's still not a, a burner. He's still not, you know, he's he's not one of these guys that's going to run away from a defense. He's got to he's got to use use his smarts if he's going to run away from anybody. And so, yeah, I think that this offseason they need to figure out. Um, what kind of offense are they going to be? Are they going to be this methodical kind of plotting um, sort of offense that that's just you know four yards in a cloud of dust? Please or are no, they going to bring no, in? No, no. <laughs> I I can't imagine that's that's not going to win in the NFL anymore. 
and and you know it kind of comes back to the, the a piece I'm getting ready to actually write about this idea of mobility at quarterback. Um, you know, Dwayne Haskins was interviewed today, and he you know and everybody's seen Dwayne Haskins play. I mean, he's not Lamar Jackson. You know, he's not a he's not a guy that's gonna gonna you know he's not Josh Allen. And he said that he was the most athletic quarterback on the roster. So he was the scout team quarterback anytime they went against a quarterback who was, who was pretty athletic. And I'm thinking if that's their, you know, what the, the pool they have to draw from, um, you know, if, if they can't, if they can't create mismatches at quarterback, um, that's why, you know, that, that's going to really make the rest of that offense look bad. And I, I just, I hope they take that into consideration as they start to hunt down a new quarterback this off season. Yeah, I actually like that. I think, you know, having a mobile quarterback would be kind of fun. You know, the Steelers, you know, we love Big Ben, but no, that's not what we, that's not what we, we didn't have a mobile quarterback. We haven't had a mobile quarterback no. in a long time, Kurt. Uh, so having some mobility at that position would be kind of would be kind of fun. Um, yeah, it's just so interesting. Yeah, more speed on defense, more explosiveness on offense. We need explosive plays. Uh, I just can't take these four yards of play type thing. It's just, oh. it's just crazy. So let's talk about who's, who's the next Steelers quarterback, right? Uh, Mike Tomlin came out, I think, in that Tuesday presser he did and he said you know all options are on the table uh you know so there's that we know we have Mason Rudolph he's under contract for 2022 but not beyond Dwayne Haskins is a restricted free agent so they still have to figure that thing out to if he's going to be competing with Rudolph as there's some rumors about that you know there are some unrestricted free agents so how about this let's assume that Mason Rudolph is the guy right now Kurt stop Mm -hmm. me if you hear a better option and I'm going to run through some unrestricted free agents. So just stop me if you hear one. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Andy yes. Dalton. Okay. Okay. So I'll, t- I'll take. I'd take Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's the first name. First name I read. For the money. Yeah. For the money, I would take Fitzpatrick and a first round rookie. Yeah. And over over Rudolph and Haskins immediately. Okay. So I, you, I, I no doubt. You might have already answered my question, but uh, okay. So Fitzpatrick, you like Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor. Yes. Yeah. James, I, I would like that. He'd be another good bridge guy. Jameis Winston. He's coming off an ACL and he's with the Saints, so maybe not. Yeah. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I like him too as a as a bridge guy. I kind of like Brissett too. Teddy Bridgewater. I, I think he's going to be a little pricey. Yeah. I, I like him. I th- yeah, I like him, but I don't know that I'd want to pay him enough if they're going to invest in a young guy. Marcus Mariota. You know, a lot of Steelers fans like him, but I'm just not sold. Why am I into him? Now, if you're looking for a mobile quarterback who, yeah, you know, I mean, he's the runner, he's got some juice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. That's I may have to reconsider that one because I got a lot of people messaging me wanting to know why I'm not on the Marcus Mariota I train. I don't know why, Kurt. There's something wrong with me, probably, but I, I think I'm on the Mariota train. I that's the name yeah. I highlighted out of this list I've read to you. That was my favorite. And then I have Mitchell yeah. Trubisky as another option. Who, you know, yeah. he's another guy that that a lot of Steelers fans like the idea of a fresh start somewhere being what he needs um he would be after the the ones that i've already named definitely i if i'm i to me honestly uh, for, I, I don't see any of those guys as long-term answers me either um you know e- any of those guys are going to give you a couple of seasons so for me either give me a guy like tyrod taylor who has proven he can step in and play football Brissett's another one who i think has has a resume that's that you look at and go, you know, he can, he can run most any kind of offense. He's smart. 
But for me, Fitzpatrick's kind of my guy. I think that if they could get him in for a year, let him, you know, uh, let, let him to mentor a, a young guy that they bring in, um, you know, let, let Rudolph and Haskins, you know, that R- Haskins said today that they, they said he's going to, going to be able to compete for the starting job. Uh, th- that's fine. But I, I'm not sure that, uh, you know, for, for me, I, I would still like to see them bring in a veteran if for no other reason than to provide a player that should one of these guys falter, they've got somebody, you know, who can step in. Um, but yeah, I like Fitzpatrick a lot. I, I don't, I don't know why he, I guess he's kind of my Marcus Mariota. I'm not, not sure why I'm on board with him coming to the Steelers. Um, but yeah, he's, he's the one that I keep coming back to. It's magic. I think Steelers Nation would would rally behind it. They'd love it. So that was the point of this exercise is that, okay, the smart money is that Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins will, quote unquote, have a quarterback competition and then Mason Rudolph will be the starter next year. And I think that's the smart money. But uh, let's not rule out, you know, Tomlin's saying everything's on the table. Well, that means that means maybe one of these unrestricted free agents could come in and compete to be a bridge yeah. quarterback, right? I I, yeah. I hope that's on the table for the Steelers. I do. I hope. I think the only thing that is it is a big trade. I, d- I don't foresee the Steelers coming out in Kevin Colbert's last offseason or half of an offseason and, and making one of these trades that so many fans want to see. I, I don't see them mortgaging draft picks. Um you know, so for anybody listening who is who is just sold on Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson super or whatever, unrealistic. Just, super that unrealistic. That's not gonna happen. Yep. Not I, gonna happen. I agree. That wasn't even in my notes to even talk about today, Kurt. I don't I think yeah. it's that out of the realm of possibility. It would be fun as all yeah. hell, but uh yeah, out, of well, realm, yeah. out of the realm of possibility. So we'll see. We're in an off season where the Steelers are not settled at quarterback. That is something, that is weird. That is not a place that the Steelers have been in a long time. In a while. Uh, so we'll continue picking through it. And we'll also talk about some of the, the pending Steelers free agents entering the, the offseason here and who we like and what the team might do. We'll do that coming up next. This is the Typical Sports Book Minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's AFC Divisional Round matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Chiefs favored one and a half points, total sitting at 54 and a half. I'm taking the Bills plus one and a half because they have a better differential in EPA, yards per play, pressure rate, third down conversion rate. Over the past three seasons, they're seven, three, and two against the spread as a road dog. Give me the Bills plus one and a half points. Nate, how do you see this game? Give me the under 54 and a half, and I think it'll get higher as we go on in the week. The Bills have a top-ranked pass defense in a plethora of categories. The Chiefs also rank in the top half in opponents' passer rating and have allowed 16.5 points per game in their last 10. Give me the under 54.5. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See Tipico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Kurt, on the topic of pending free agents for the Steelers, um, I know 
We've talked about Juju Smith-Schuster a little bit uh, prior. Mm-hmm. You you said that he was on high on your list. He, he would be the guy that yep. you would want to see come back. Well, he's come out and said he wants to retire a Steeler, which is which is kind of cool. I mean, he returned from what was supposed to be a season-ending uh, shoulder injury. He caught five balls against the Chiefs. Yeah. So that was that was pretty great to see uh, Smith-Schuster lace it up and play in this playoff game. You know, what do you think? Do you still think the Steelers should make re-signing Juju a long-term priority? I mean, James Washington, absolutely. Ray Ray McLeod, they're both potentially exiting via free agency, right? Yeah, absolutely. Him coming back and and wanting to be a part of that playoff game and play with Ben one last time and to come out and perform. Anybody who wants to question what kind of TikToks he does at this point, <laughs> I, I, I don't think they really understand how much this team means to him. So, yeah, he's he's definitely top of my list still. He's saying all the right things. He's saying all the right things. Yeah, I'll tell you he that. might He'll be fooling us all. I don't know. but <laughs> Yeah, and he's doing all the right things. I mean, playing in that game uh, showed it, I think. My gut tells me that uh, James Washington – he might be ready to see what else is out there for him, right? I think he yep. might he might be looking yep. to find an offense that'll give him more opportunities. Yeah, yeah. I think I if he's I mean the markets I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, last year Juju went out there, couldn't really find a market for himself. You know, he was out there on the free agent market, had a couple of offers, Kansas City, Baltimore, came back to Pittsburgh on a one year deal. I suspect James Washington's gonna have a better market than Juju did last year. I think I think teams are going to going to want to bring him in. I mean, he just makes plays. I, I you know, he gets, and, and for a guy who sees so few reps, you know, a lot of guys coming cold, coming into the game cold for 10 or 12 snaps a game might struggle with that, but not him. He just, he just goes out and makes plays. So I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see James Washington make more money in the off season than Juju does. Another name that I think, you know, is hot for Steelers fans are going to be watching is obviously Joe Hayden. He's a key yeah. free agent um, for, for the Steelers here. And he kind of put the ball in Pittsburgh's court, didn't he? He tweeted that the door isn't closed. We have until March 14th. He tweeted that. So basically, yeah. you know, what he's saying is if, if there's no deal in place by March 14th, then teams will be able to start talking to Hayden and offer him money, and he's going to head to market and probably get big bucks somewhere. Uh, but it, that was interesting, Hayden, putting the, the ball in Pittsburgh's court and base, basically saying, hey, you know that it's there's time here. Let's get it done. Show me the money. Yeah, right, let's Kurt? make was, a deal. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, let's make a deal. I mean, it, the the problem is, is I think that I don't know if the Steelers view him as a as a premier cornerback anymore, but he still views himself as one. Sure. Yeah. And and I think you know, 32 years old, it's going to be hard to get a long term, you know, a big money contract from anybody. I think there'll be teams out there willing to sign Hayden. I don't know. He might be inflating his value a little bit. Um, I think from Pittsburgh's standpoint, you know, you basically have Cam Sutton and Akilah Witherspoon. If Hayden leaves, you kind of pencil those guys in as your two starters. And then you've got more decisions to make. Arthur Millett, he's a free agent too. Are they going to, you know, they would almost have to sign him back if they don't sign Hayden back and, you know, you don't want to just you don't want to just gut out your secondary and start fresh. Um, so yeah, I I wouldn't I would not be opposed at all to to Joe Hayden coming back, but I think the contract would have to be have to be pretty reasonable in terms of money. I think that I don't think you can invest you know big bucks into him because Hayden seems like a great guy. 
He's a really good football player, but he is dinged up all the time. Yep. He misses he misses so many games and parts of games. I just I think that has you have to take that into consideration is you're going to get a guy who in a 17 game season is probably going to give you about 13 and a half games. And and you just can't you can't pay that guy like he's a number 1 cornerback starting 17 games because I just don't I don't know that he can do it. You know, he has little stuff, foot injuries and hand injuries and things like that that just just keep him off the field too much for me, but to pay big money too, but if they can make it work, I mean, the Steelers are going to have close to $50 million to spend, so they they might want to throw a little bit his way. Fireworks this uh, this free agency. Come on, Steelers. We're rooting for it. Yeah. We're rooting for it, uh, but we're not counting on it, but we're rooting for it. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the defense, Kurt, another kind of you – know, I don't know if it's a big storyline. Maybe it's not super surprising, but we're, we heard now that Keith Butler is going to retire, mm-hmm. and – the Steelers operate much like the Patriots in that they never seem to hire guys from the outside. It's always yeah. uh, promoting from within, right? So, and, and we also learn that Mike Tomlin basically calls the defense anyway or, or, yeah. or creates the scheme. So uh, how much will Keith Butler be missed if they do promote uh, from in-house? What do you think? And I know you've been writing about this on Steelers Wire. What changes yeah. with the defense yeah. with Butler out? I don't think you'll see a whole lot of difference. I, I think if, if Terrell Austin's going to get promoted – um, he's been with the team for a couple of years. He's been in coaching forever. He's been a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Uh, when you hear players talk about the defense on, on the Steelers, nine times out of ten they talk about him as opposed to Keith Butler anyway. So I think that the, the players really respect him um, for whatever that's worth. But I never never got the impression that Keith Butler was the leader of men um, – you know, for this defense, I, I never got that impression that he was the guy that the players rallied around. They talked about Austin a lot more. And so I think they'll, they'll be happy with the move, but you know, if, if anybody's looking for big sweeping changes to the defense, you're not going to see that with him. It's going to be more of the same. Um, Mike Tomlin's still probably going to have a huge hand in what happens on defense. Um, and, and there, I think their thing is less about scheme and more about just personnel. I think on, on the offensive side, there's more scheme that needs work. But I think on the defensive side of football, it's just about bringing in some pieces. Um, so I'm not so concerned about that. Uh, but again, when you know the Steelers promoted Adrian Clem last year to, to be the offensive line coach, all the players came out and praised him, and he stunk. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Did the Steelers' defense disappoint you this year, Kurt? Did they underperform in your mind based on what your expectations oh, were? You look but, at, but, you look but at you, where they ended up. To... It's like crazy where they ranked. It, yeah. It's not the Steelers. But, and I'm not a making excuses kind of guy as a rule, but I think not having Stephon to it and Tyson Alualu all year was just so big. You know, those were kind of forgotten. With all the little injuries that happened through the course of the year and COVID and everything like that, two-thirds of the starting defensive line – was gone. And, and I don't think, I, I think that the run defense suffered um, in, in large part because of that. I know that the inside linebackers took a lot of heat for the problems in the run game, run defense, but when you don't have those guys in front of you, that's tough. I mean, that, that's tough. You got a rookie, you know, louder milks playing a lot of reps. You got a dude named Daniel Archibong playing reps. 
in the middle. Some good names. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, Oh yeah, we got him. We got him. And so, you know, you've got, you've got Henry Mondu in there making plays in the middle of the defensive line. I, I think ultimately, I, I think that the, the coaches, Mike Tomlin looks at this more of if, if they'd had to it, I think it would have been a completely different year on defense. You know, the fact that to it missed the entire season, I think was probably the biggest blow that the defense took. I, I don't think, I think when he's at his best, he's better than Cam Hayward. He just is another guy that struggles to stay healthy. But when he's playing well, he, he you know, take pro football focus for what it's worth, but he consistently grades out higher than Cam Hayward when they're both on the field. And so I, I don't think you can undersell just how big a loss that was. I will save my PFF rant for another day, Kurt. I will. I will. There you go. I, you know what? <laughs> I don't even like I don't. They, that that whole thing makes me hate math. But yeah, yeah. it's it, everybody can use those grades for one thing or another to either be pissed off or excited for something. So yeah, yeah. It, it gives us something to talk about. So I guess that's the yeah the, the, yeah. The, all right. So I th- I did think last weekend uh, the wild card weekend slate Kurt was kind of. It was kind of just like the exodus of all the pretenders, right? The, the yeah. Patriots and the Steelers and the Eagles and the Cardinals and even the Cowboys. Just like it was kind of like the pretenders got knocked out. And now the now the contenders are there. The Elite Eight. Um, who are you pulling for now? Now that the Steelers are out, like who are you pulling for in the yeah, playoffs? I'm kind of rooting for those Bengals. That's a good one. I I, I kind of feel like that as a so there's no the AFC North representative. Yeah. No, not at all. That you know that that team has has played bad for so long and they're building their team back the right way. They're, you know, yeah, they're probably the team that I'm going to, I'm going to be kind of rooting for at this point. Um, I think that those, those guys on that team, you know, now that they've gotten rid of kind of the, the lunatics that ran that asylum for a while with perfect and Pac-Man Jones and those guys 100%. being out of there. It's a yep. whole different team now. And I just, I have a hard time rooting against them um, to, to do well in the playoffs. So that's who I'm probably going to keep an eye on. I know that my local people here, you know, living, living in chiefs country. I've had several of them ask me if I'm going to root for the chiefs and, I, I couldn't root for the Chiefs if I How? if yeah. I had to. Who could root so for I just who could root for the Chiefs? I, I can't. I just can't do it. I see so much of that red and yellow; it just makes me sick. <laughs> yeah, no so, way. No yeah, way. the Bengals are my team. I'm kind of rooting for one. at this point. I'd, I'd love to see him make a deep run in the playoffs. Yeah, how can you not like Joe Burrow? He just he's just yeah, likable. And, and, he's just likable. And and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon and those guys. I mean, they're just having fun and they're. They're not. They don't come across as cocky, but it's just like, yeah, I I love watching those guys play. I I'm not ashamed to admit that. That I would love if the Steelers had a had a had a trio. I mean, they've had trios like that. You know, we when when Le'Veon Bell and AB and Ben was in his prime. I mean, I understand how tough it can be to beat a team with guys like that. So yeah, and, and the flip side of that is that the Bengals are probably going to be a problem for the Steelers going oh, yeah. forward. You know? I'll hate That's, them again next year. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, and then the hatred comes back. I think I'm, you know, I'm one of the few, uh, you know, that would, wouldn't mind seeing the, the Bucks get back to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I just sure. I have a thing against Aaron Rodgers. I don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't like him. And I, I, yeah. I, I enjoy the narrative that he can't win in the playoffs, so I hope that continues. And I'm, and I'm pulling for my yeah. guy, Tom Brady, but, you know, people are he's, already He's an that. easy guy to dislike. Yeah, he is. You know, he's, he's 
He's, he's a, a he, kind of kind of that uh kind of that step brothers reference yeah, yeah. where he got that face I just want to punch. Yeah, yeah. He is yeah. definitely that guy. He I is definitely it. that guy. I don't care if he is blowing kisses to Tomlin on the sidelines. I I, <laughs> I don't I can't like him. And on the AFC side, the Bengals are a great one. I do kind of have a little man crush on Josh Allen. So, and the Bills, yeah. you know, for, you know, for how long you know it's been since they've won anything. Bengals are in that same boat. The Bills haven't won it like. They haven't won anything of substance since, like, the merger, the Bills. They've gotten yeah. to the Super Bowl. They just haven't won anything. So, uh, right. yeah, so the Bills are another team that I-, I would love to see them beat the Chiefs and uh, in-, in advance. Uh, oh, so, definitely. Yeah, so should be fun. But, all right, Kurt, we're heading into the offseason now. So hopefully folks are keeping an eye on Steelers Wire and subscribing because we'll have episodes in the offseason. It might not be every week, but um, check back. But, Kurt, I just got to say, Thanks for showing up every week, man. It's been a it's been a fun ride this year. Steelers gave us plenty oh, to talk been great. about. Yeah, they gave us a lot we, to talk we, about. They do. They keep us busy. They do keep us busy. I love it. Yeah. So it's all good. We'll be keeping tabs on the team throughout the offseason and and coming back on here when news breaks. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for hanging with us. And uh, we will catch you later this offseason. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.